Hi, I'm Michaela from Columbus, and I would absolutely recommend 3C. Because the accident wasn't my fault, 3C stepped in to handle the other person's insurance company, so I didn't have to do a thing. While they were fixing up my bumper, they actually fixed up a few of the scratches that were there, and now it looks brand new. I would totally recommend 3C to my friends and family, and I have been. <laughs> 3C Potty Shop. Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages. Or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. This is Ranger Prospect Wayne Krim, and you're listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside Scoop, listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go! This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at BDieter75. I am C.J. Berryman. You can find me at C.J.B. underscore R.R. And our guest today is Kennedy Landry, beat writer for the uh, MLB for the Texas Rangers. Kennedy, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. I know. wish I was we had a Rangers s- win today, but uh, yeah. Yeah. No, spring uh, training. But it's they nice tried. To see- they tried. Yeah, they did we'll, try. We'll talk a little bit more about that because some guys are standing out for sure. Definitely. I'll- I was telling you off air that I was going to blame you for my bracket because I went for <laughs> LSU because of you. But then, of course, uh, I had Gonzaga winning it all. So LSU was the least of my worries by the time we got into the Sweet 16. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my poor my poor Tigers. But I think everybody's brackets were busted this year. So, yeah, yeah. I think so. Tech is my tech is my D1 school to root for or D1 tech and uh, Notre Dame. But yeah, tech got uh, yeah. got far, but uh yeah i had yeah. i had taken my final four i did yeah i thought they'd at least get to the yeah final well four duke bit. duke took them out <laughs> or north yes. carolina yeah. duke, saint, yeah. saint peter's kind of kind of threw a wrench <laughs> in the whole thing yeah they did <laughs> all right but back to baseball kennedy how's the second year been? i know you've been out in arizona now basically since minor league spring training started Yes, I, I came out here with the start of minor league mini camp on February 20th. So uh, I, I haven't seen my my home in Dallas since in the entire month of March. So, yeah, I've been out here for a little bit, but it's been great getting to meet people in person these days. You know, um, yeah. last year was a very weird year to start on a beat just because we couldn't really meet anybody in person. We were doing Zooms the entire year. We couldn't meet players in person until halfway through the season. So it was a, it was really weird. I enjoyed it. but you know, it's good to finally, you know, get out in the clubhouses, get out on the fields, on the backfields and surprise, 
meeting the people, meeting minor leaguers that maybe I hadn't even seen before, even maybe even some of them like heard of just because I haven't been so entrenched in it. Like you really are now, like last year with COVID and Zooms and all of that. So it's really been great. And honestly, um, it, anything is a step up from 102 losses. So, you know, there's <laughs> optimism, there's hope. Uh, the vibes are just great around here right now. So, yeah, pretty much this is your first real <laughs> full year. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, and a lot, and I, we all, we got a lockout. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're going, we're batting over for two here on the, the Texas Rangers beat. Yeah. All you need is just a base hit and you'll be hitting 333. Hey, and hopefully we'll get that one soon enough. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, so what's, what's up with left field? Brad Miller's kind of showing some, uh, Obviously, he has some pop with it. He showed it last year uh, with Philadelphia, and now just a one-year deal. Uh, just kind of looking to fill a guy, a guy to fill in out there in left field, kind of in a platoon situation, possibly. But uh, that's looking to be a pretty, pretty solid signing. So, what does that, what does left field look like right now? Because Eli White's also not going away. Yeah, so left field's kind of uh, some weird combination of, of Brad Miller, Nick Solak, and Eli White. And uh, Willie Calhoun is pretty much solely focusing on DH right now. Chris Woodward obviously wants him to be a solid defensive player, but wants him to to have the bats at bats under control. So those three guys have kind of been all hitting really well this spring. And I know we're in a shortened spring training. You can only do so much with spring training results, X, Y, and Z, but Brad Miller does lead the team in home runs and a Rangers team that also leads the cactus league in home runs. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick Solak also has a homer. And Eli White has two of them, so they all have some pop. Um, Eli White's clearly the best defender out of all three of them. I think he's probably the best defender in this entire organization, top to bottom, if if you ask uh, Chris Woodward. Um, he's probably a better center fielder than he is a left fielder, so that, you know, if Eli White would, in fact, win a job, there might be some rearranging of the outfield spots. Uh, Dolis probably also is a better corner outfielder if Eli's in there. But... If Brad Miller, again, like you said, isn't going away. He's looks really good out there. He's hits better for average at the big league level than Eli White does. And Nick Solak obviously struggled a lot last year. So right now I projected Brad Miller as a starter come opening day. And I think he's really looking like it. He's not as good defensively as Eli White is, but again, nobody really is. And I think Tony Beasley, I talked to him the other day. He, you know, coaches the outfielders. He said he, he's been very impressed with the the work that Brad Miller really has put in since he's gotten to camp. He's no, he, again, he's not um, an elite outfielder. He's not going to win a gold glove out there, but he is putting in the effort to get better. He's a, he's a utility guy. He has been in the last few years and he's bounced around the infield and the outfield. So he's never really focused in on one specific position. I think if the Rangers are going to, he might, he might play some third, he might, you know, back up where he needs to, but if he puts in all the work in left field, the majority of his work, he's more than a serviceable left fielder. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Eli white. It's hard to, it's hard to be a better defensive left, a defensive outfielder period when you're trying to compete with a deer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, that again, I I don't know if you all have seen him recently, but he looks like a completely different person with this. I was about to ask you about that, how he he looks and then have changed. It's the power power of the beard. Look, like we got the first day of big league camp when the big leaguers came in, me and Levi Weaver were standing, you know, watching BP guy with a beard walks past us. And I'm like, who is he? Like, I'm looking at the roster. I was like, I know everybody on this lineup. Like, 
who is that man? Like, is it a random signing we missed? Is that a like non-roster invite? I don't know. So I, I called Nick Solak over and I was like, who is that like dude who just like walked by? And he was like, are you talking about Eli? And I was like, <laughs> no, yeah, like tall white guy with the beard. And he was like, yeah, that's Eli White. I was like, that is not Eli. And like he comes back walking in our direction and sure enough it is. And again, he's got, he's got a new look. He's got a new swing that, you know, seems to have a little bit more power to a little bit more pop up the middle instead of pull side grounders all the time. So again, if he can put it together, at the big league level. I mean, we've seen him break in triple a, yeah. you know, year after year, but if he could put it together in Arlington, then I mean, it's a good problem to have. For sure. Definitely. Now, now speaking of that, the Rangers have surprised a lot of people. And I know they say spring training doesn't really mean anything, but the Rangers offense has been on fire pretty much. I mean, today wasn't great, but overall, I mean, they scored 25 runs just five days ago. I mean, this offense <laughs> is putting up some runs right now. Does that, is that surprising you and a lot of people? Oh, yeah, that's definitely surprising <laughs> a lot of people. And yeah, they did. They might have lost today, but they still, it was a 6-5 game. It wasn't yeah. like they, they were shut out. I mean, this is a team that was, there was last in batting average last year in, in the American League, last in on-base percentage in all of Major League Baseball, last in slugging in all of Major League Baseball. So whether or not you think that spring training does or doesn't matter, I, this is clearly a step in the right direction yeah. regardless. I mean, the numbers really do speak for themselves. They lead the Cactus League in home home runs unless the Dodgers have passed them since I got on this call. <laughs> um, they lead it in, in on-base percentage and OPS at like 990, I think, the last time I checked. Like, again, spring training numbers don't matter. You know, this is all going to get washed away come April 5th. But this is clearly a team that is reworked, revamped, and is – you know, changing their approach at the plate. When I talked to Chris Woodward, he said basically that he was like, it's not just the fact that we're scoring 25 runs. Like the whole team's not going to bat a thousand when we get into the regular season, but they're like making good decisions at the plate. They're swinging yeah. when they need to swing and, you know, holding off when they need to hold off. And it's the game plan and the approach that looks so much better than it did last year. Before I ask my next question, my theory on this spring training among all others is this one is actually really important if you look at the results because it's so short you have just a small yeah, sample size to get, get to get geared up and if you go into the season hot hey you know that might be uh, something that kind of spurs you to to kick off the season and i just that's just the way i feel about this spring training is that yeah they may the the results uh, the wins and losses don't really matter but uh, they actually kind of do uh, when it comes to the Rangers yeah. right now because of what happened last year. And then, you know, again, how short this is with a whole new squad, uh, really yeah. a, a whole lot of new players and just getting them to jail so quickly. And it just seems right. to be working out naturally. So do, would you agree? I think I would agree, I, especially the short spring training makes everything so weird. I think guys really do feel like they need to press. And Chris Woodward has warned them, you know, don't press because when you press too hard, you mess up. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think that's it's making things a lot more compressed and guys are like on the go already uh, and, you know, ready to hit the ground running. I think we're seeing that. And uh, about that fifth rotation spot, <laughs> uh, we have we have gone back and forth and it just seems like each time one of the guys that's vying for that spot 
gets a start, it's like, oh, okay, well, I got to change who my <laughs> who my pick is, and I'm I'm sticking with Colby Allard mainly because the season, the preseason is so short, the spring training is in this spring okay. training is so short, and because he's the only one that really had a full season last year, and he he built up his his pitch count and all that stuff. So I think he's got a leg up and he had a, he's been looking really good, but AJ Alexi comes in and, and looks really good the other day. And then, I mean, it's just, it's, and, uh, 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 Howard looks Spencer yeah. Howard looks really good right. looks really sharp so it's just it's whoever whichever <laughs> young starter starts is like okay well maybe he's gonna maybe it's gonna be this guy you know whoever so kind of talk about how how awesome it is that's a good problem to have it is it's definitely a good problem to have and I think uh I guess in the way that you feel that AJ Alexi has a leg up because he was here last year I feel he did he started last season as a reliever and they Kobe you know, Allard, turned yeah. yes yes that's Howard, Allard, Howard, all of these names. Alexi. Um, <laughs> <Alexia>. <laughs> yeah. So many, but yeah, Kobe Allard, I think, I think he's the one of these four who's best fit in a, a bullpen spot if he doesn't win the rotation. That's how I kind of look at this. And when you're looking at the roster construction, you know, who can give you multiple innings out of the bullpen. Yeah, that long um, relief swingman the, type. Yeah. Exactly. And we and they do have Garrett Richards, who they recently yeah. signed uh on a one-year deal who will probably go multiple innings for them. And, and then otherwise you have a lot of like one to one plus two plus ish inning guys. And in my opinion, I think you need another long, longer guy who that I think Colby Allard can be. And Woodward has talked about how you do, I mean, these guys, I think Glenn Otto only pitched 20 innings at AAA last year, you know, yeah. right after the trade, they promoted him to round rock. And I think I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, and you know him and AJ Alexi could probably both use a little bit more seasoning in AAA. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they could both again, they could both still earn a spot, but it's very likely that they send them out to Round Rock. You know, let them go without the pressure of the, the big lights in the big stadium in yeah. Arlington or Toronto or wherever else you're going to be. And I, I know they did have their cup of coffee in the big leagues last year, but that doesn't, you know, necessarily mean that they need to be there on opening day this year. Why? While I think they are all capable big leaguers, I think it's also likely that, you know, it, it's more beneficial for them to go down to AAA. Um, who I projected as the fifth starter was Spencer Howard, because if he, uh, if he puts it together, as we kind of have seen, he maybe has so far this spring, he's pitching tomorrow against uh, the Reds, I believe at surprise stadium. Uh, I think, I mean, he's got it. He's got it. I think, I mean, he was a former top prospect in the Philly system, which I know isn't the deepest, but you know, if he, I talked to our MLB pipeline people and if, if he was still a prospect at the time he was traded, he would have been top 15 in the Ranger system. Um, you know, I think he has, he has the stuff and to make him into the, into a big leaguer, into a quality starter. Oh yeah. And he's it, got real electric stuff. He just got to harness it. <laughs> right. And I, I think, he talked a lot about this and I don't want to speak on other clubs, other farm systems, whatever, but he, he just didn't, he didn't have any sense of consistency across the board when he was in Philly. Yeah. yeah and they, they were, you know, bouncing, yeah. right. They were bouncing him back and forth between, you know, AAA and Philly. And then they were, you know, starter reliever X, Y, Z. And I, I know the Rangers want him to, to know what he's going to. Yeah. He's going to be a starter. And if he's going to, you know, start the season in AAA, then like get some time in AAA and then come up. But they don't want to do the back and forth with him. They want to make sure yeah. he's on, he's level-headed, he's in the right like state of mind 
the right mental state, honestly, coming into this season to try to, you know, again, like you said, harness the stuff that he has into, you know, quality pitches. Um, and I think, I guess we'll see more from, from him tomorrow, but I think if, if he can do that, then he's my no doubt pick. And again, I think I like Colby Allard as a bullpen arm. I, I don't know if I'm alone in that or I, I clearly, I think he can be a good starter quality yeah. starter, but I think it's more beneficial for the Rangers as a whole to put him in the bullpen. Yeah. His versatility is huge. I did. He's, he's able to, he's able to start. He's able to come out of the bullpen and give you some innings along. If you have to do a tandem start, you know, he can come out of the bullpen or he can start again. Right. You know what he's got, he's very versatile. So yeah, I would say um, just, that's his, that's the best role for him right now, but because right. spring training is so short, I just give him a leg up because he already has that experience right. and ended last season. Mean. Yeah. So well, the funny thing is my roster prediction 1.0, I had him as the fifth starter. The one I wrote mm-hmm. over this weekend, 2.0, I had Kobe Allard. And now today yeah. I've been looking and I've already started changing my mind towards Spencer <laughs> Howard and I put Allard in the bullpen on my second projection. Yeah. So Uh-oh. that's one thing I love about spring training is you, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. No one cares. They, everyone just likes to talk about it. So and, <laughs> that's for sure. And speaking, I'm sure you don't get any comments at all on stuff that you write. You and Chris and Levi and Jeff, you know, all of you guys get like some wonderful comments Ooh. on Twitter that I see. Yeah. Just it's, all, it's all clean and respectful. Oh, mm-hmm. of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Even I laughed at that one and I'm not a professional. Uh, all right. So speaking of that, all the young players in camp, who has stood out the most to you so far pitcher or uh, p- position player? Like that you just didn't really know Let's before see. this year. Well, we we didn't have a lot of of the minor league pitchers in in big league camp. Chris yeah. Woodward and kind of the the front office didn't want to interrupt their pro- throwing programs. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, they were already built up longer than the big leaguers. They just wanted to yeah. keep them on the minor league side. So we didn't get to see you know the lighters, the winds, the Owen Whites, all of those yeah. guys who who really impressed during minor league camp when I was you know out on the backfields a little bit mm-hmm. more. Uh, but all honestly, all of the hitters that they had in big league camp have been raking. I mean, yeah. you know, Bubba Thompson, I think Bubba Thompson might be the one that's impressed me the most, but even the the middle infield duo, the Rangers got for uh, Joey Gallo and Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith yeah. have also been doing, you know, phenomenally and Davis Wenzel, you know, another middle infielder yeah. can also play third base type. They've all really just all of them hit home runs. Three of them hit two or more home runs in big league camp. They're all versatile infielders, except for um, Bubba Thompson, who's an outfielder who can genuinely may be the most well-rounded outfielder in the Rangers system. I know we talked yeah. about like Eli White is obviously an elite defender and needs to put things together at the plate. Leody Tavares, the former top prospect, you know, elite defender needs to yeah. put it together at the plate. I think, I think Bubba Thompson has the capability to be the most complete outfielder on in this team if you know he eventually makes it because yeah. the way he's you know bounced back from some injuries he's pretty much just become an all-around elite he he never was a bad defender by any means of the word but he's kind of just stepped it up a notch and you know he makes some dive he made a diving play out at salt river sometime last week that was just like the game wasn't even televised and i like saw it and i was like i need i i just want a replay of that <laughs> like it was amazing and yeah. again, like I said, he's really put it together at the plate. He hit like 280 in Frisco last year. Um, you know, he's, he has the real capability to be like a 20, 20, 
20, 25 homer, 20, 25 steals kind of guy. He's really quick on the base pass. I think he has the highest graded speed in the system um, when it comes to minor leaguers. So again, the Rangers prospects, they've really rebuilt this farm system up, yeah. really revamped it with a couple of like really good drafts and a couple of uh, really big trades and uh, it's really paying off. So looking at some of those minor leagues, some of that, some of those young pitching prospects. So was there anybody or how did, how did they all look? I'm, I'm sure it's, it was kind of difficult because you didn't get to see them in any competition. Right. 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 So what were you most impressed, impressed with while you were watching them? Was it, was it their performance or was it Jack Leiter's tr- tree trunk legs? <laughs> Jack, look, Jack Leiter. I said this um, on our pipeline with our pipeline guys the other day. Jack Leiter does come as advertised, you know, the, the <laughs> fastball comes out nice and hard, the slider, you know, breaks and he's working on the change of kind of trying to get that more refined, but Jack Leiter does in fact come as advertised. Um, and, and all of those other pitchers, Owen White, who really put on a show at the fall league this year. Um, I think he's going to be a phenomenal big leaguer one day. If he might, he might start the season in Frisco. If, um, if he's putting down work in the backfields, like I'm sure he yeah. is. Um, Cole Wynn, obviously, he had a bout of the flu at some point during a uh, camp, so he was down for a few days. So, and then the lockout ended. So, you know, I missed I missed some days talking to Cole, but yeah, he he's he might make his debut this year, and I think um, I think Rangers yeah. fans will really like him when he gets up. I mean, he's he has a great fastball, he's a slider again. Uh, he's a great repertoire that I think will play really well in the big leagues. And he, he was, he was Frisco's best pitcher last year. In the Frisco wicked, team wicked curveball. Yeah. Like again, I think that this is the deepest class of pitching prospects that maybe the Rangers have seen in a while. And I know, I don't know what the, what the farm system has looked like in the last 10 years, but I mean, there's no doubt looking at this that you, I don't know if you can get much better than that. No, no, Ricky uh, Nasco. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's on the 40 man, so he wasn't in yeah. uh, minor league camp, but that fastball comes out hard. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Fuzzballs is his new name. Yeah. Ricky Fuzzballs. Yeah, we actually had him on the podcast. He was hilarious. He's really good. But then, like, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him pitch in person. I saw Cole win at Frisco a couple times in person. But man, Benasco watching videos of him online. My goodness, he's got some movement and he's got some speed on that. And he looks it looks effortless when he throws that fastball. Oh yeah, and especially if he can keep the control, keep it under yeah. control, and not you know walk six batters in inning. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he keeps it in the zone. Dude's gonna be phenomenal. I sent him a text on after one of those videos because he was wearing the exact same pair of shorts that I have. <laughs> he said, "Well, it looks like we both have good taste." <laughs> yes, sir. Camo, camo, black, black and gray camo pants. Oh, of course. Yeah. T- typical white guy clothes. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Um, all right. Well, I wanted to ask you a really serious question. Levi Weaver oh. made national news with his coffee maker. That was sitting oh, no. for two years, uh, you know, which I thought was hilarious the way Levi tweeted about it. But, uh, you know, have you drank any coffee out of said coffee maker? Um, no, I have not. <laughs> um, I, w- I was telling you before we started rolling that Levi did, in fact, bring a coffee maker two years ago, right before the pandemic hit for the media room. Um, and then everybody had to leave, disperse when COVID hit and shut everything down and he left the coffee maker. So we come back and... The coffee maker's still there. Yay. But there is a moldy two-year-old <laughs> coffee filter still in the coffee maker. So uh, Levi went off to, to, he cleaned it. He deep cleaned it, I hope. 
Um, and he brought coffee and coffee filters, but did not bring cups. So um, I do not, I didn't have the foresight to bring a coffee cup with me when I packed for Arizona. So I have not had any of Levi's potentially moldy poisonous coffee, question mark. Um, I, I stop at Starbucks and pick up my coffee every morning. So uh, I'll leave Levi to that. And I believe yeah. he left today and took the coffee machine with him. So, he did. Yeah, he um, did. <laughs> um, yeah, knowing Levi, though, it wouldn't matter if he had cups or not. As much coffee as he drinks, I just no. imagine seeing him just pour the... Dumping it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> dump it right, dump it right <laughs> down the gullet. Me, me and Levi probably drink a comparable amount of coffee. I just take mine in the iced form. Ah, uh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. yeah, I drink a lot of coffee in the mornings, but that's after afternoons? Nah, no. But Levi's somebody, he's got a... 10 o'clock at night, he's drinking coffee. It's crazy. Now, being a teacher, I need like a two o'clock pick me up coffee as well. So, yep. <laughs> All right, CJ, you got anything else? No, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, Before we let just, Kennedy it's, go. It's, it's been pretty fun. And, and yeah, thanks, Kennedy. It's been a little bit, a little while. We had you on <laughs> two times. We had you on two times pretty quick. And then, uh, we started getting players on a lot more players on. So <laughs> I, they're more important than I am. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, it's just, uh, it's they're been making fun. The big and, bucks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's I, true. Uh, I, I told uh, I told Taylor Hearn, I said, could you ask uh, Corey Seager if he could give me a loan? And, uh, and he said he said he could probably give every one of us a loan. He could. Oh, definitely could. Well, Kennedy, Kennedy, thank you so much again for joining us tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Enjoy the right. basketball. The rest it's of the still evening. going. It's still and, going. Yeah. All right. Thanks all again, right. Kennedy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.